You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. I just hit the record button on you. Wow. You just hit the record button on me. <laughs> I did. Cute. I almost said the other one. Um, what was I going to ask you? I don't, I don't know, but know I do now. like your new hair a lot. Thank you. Hair and the glasses. The look is well, great. Well, the glasses are like, these are so nasty, but they're, they're my office readers. They just live on my desk here. So I'm yeah. so sad because my blue readers, they died. I, I sat on them. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, they were like, no, they didn't cost anything from Amazon. Right. I just need to order just a new pair. But pair. now I'm at the point where I'm like, do I need to go up a little? Go up. Oh, go this up. is like, I had such good eyesight for so long. And then all of a sudden it just like. I never had to wear glasses and I never had braces. Just went all of a sudden. Boom. So, boom. <laughs> um, how have you been? I've been good. So uh, it's been really fun, fun week for bike stuff because uh, the guy that owns my gym, my CrossFit gym, Mm -hmm. came to me like a week ago and he was like, hey, I want to buy a gravel bike, blah, blah, blah. What would you recommend? And so I rattled off like three or four and I was like, you know, I think you would like the Cannon Grizzle, like look at it, you know, doesn't like he didn't know, like, like he's so new to bikes. He didn't know like he thought Grizzle was another brand of bike, which you oh. would think, right? If you were like just rattling yeah, off things. Didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see so that. Anyway, the next day he's like, I ordered that bike. <laughs> and then it came, what? it came to the gym while I was there. And so we were like, and he was like, oh my gosh, this is so light. It's so nice, you know? And like, he's learning all the things about bikes. So now I'm determined to make him my bike buddy. Nice. Just, <laughs> which is kind of funny and fun but um yeah so we're planning maybe a couple of bike things but he's been doing a lot of single track on it which i've been impressed with like that's awesome literally just got the I bike think last week. i think sometimes it's like if you don't if you don't time. know any better you just go do it and then all of a sudden you're doing it and people are like well that's not the bike for that well yeah well it, it that's can be. What I, he was like because he, he asked me what he should get he was like i'm debating and i was asking what he wanted and i was like i think with what you want to do because he doesn't really like jump off things i was like you could do single track with a good gravel bike that you could, you know, and you can do because he lives on gravel base. And, uh, yeah. And base has miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of gravel all around nice. the base, which I've been wanting to get on to ride. So he's my ticket. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. What have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Um, well, I got my hairs did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, uh, that was fun getting my hair. Like that was the first haircut I think I've ever had that I liked. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. And then Tim had a gig on Friday night, which oh, you, went, you were a groupie. I was a groupie again and they were really good. Was this in Kansas they City? They were really good. Yeah. Thick and the foolish. Um, but Anyway, they were, they were really good. No, I, I keep saying that, like, you sound very surprised. I was, I was, I know my husband's a very talented musician, but I haven't been allowed to listen to this band for like two years that like they've been playing like or record, like practicing and whatnot. 
So I just, and they played this gig that was kind of under the radar. Like I wasn't supposed to tell anybody because they didn't want anybody to show up. And because they have another Instagram. (laughs) Well, I just put the picture. (laughs) Um, But uh, they have a bigger gig coming up later in September. So this was kind of like their first live gig. And anyway, they started playing and I was like, holy shit, (laughs) they're really good. Tim, I believe in you if you're listening to this. I believe that you would have been good. (laughs) He he knows. I mean, he yeah, but it's also really cute because when he does something like that and he knows it's really good, he gets this little kind of like little cocky smirk thing going on. Like that was good. Like what did you think of that? (laughs) I'm like, that's good. You should own your talents. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's he he's probably not that great at it, but at owning his talents anyway but that was it was very impressive anyway wh- why are we talking about that i don't know uh, it was a good weekend so sorry i went off on a tangent because yeah we've got our next guest and neither we're just both avoiding saying her name so that's <laughs> that's what it is i we're know just gonna you. leave the last name for a surprise I, i'm like <laughs> no i got it i got it i, I wrote so it out we're, we, so we booked this woman she and her instagram like i didn't know her actually didn't know her last name like so she's been doing amazing things in the bike packing scene this year and so i booked her and then it came through on the calendar and like chris the calendar comes to me then christy accepts it and as soon as it came through i texted christy i was like there's no way i'm ever going to be able to say this name and christy was like no you won't no you won't (laughs) (laughs) and you'll get to hear because she throws me like i started off the whole interview right with it because i was like i got i've got it down right now um she's russian she's russian and and uh originally russian yeah so katia's her first name rachmatolina rachma something like that if we said it wrong christy gets the lesson as soon as we start yeah i got i get i get it right on the on the when when you hear the podcast but anyway she's a ultra ultra backpacking endurance cyclist racer and just really really awesome yeah fun combo somebody that's doing the full-time job thing and figuring out how to balance things she needs a bike sponsor people and she needs a sponsor she just won and set the record at the colorado trail so we'll stop talking we'll get into our interview with katya whose last name we're not going to (laughs) say again (laughs) and we'll be talking to everybody else soon one of the most frustrating things about going to big gravel races in the last few years is i have been getting sick pretty much every time i travel and i travel about once a month for work or to a big gravel event or something related And it's so frustrating when I get there and I can already feel the sore throat and the cold coming on. And it really takes me out for several weeks. And that's why I'm excited about our new podcast sponsor, Prevenex. We've worked with Prevenex within our Feisty Brands for a long time. If you listen to Hit Play Not Pause, you've heard about joint support. Um, You've also heard about their great protein powder. But I am really obsessed with this product called Immune Health Plus. It has helped me go from getting sick every time I travel to I've not been sick one time this year. And and I've also been on the road a good bit already this year. So it has everything that you need for immune health support, and it's way better than anything you're going to find in a grocery store or health food store. It's supercharged with immune-boosting ingredients like elderberry fruit, extract, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, and calcium. Now, if you want to stay healthy through your race season this year, 
You're going to use the code Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off your first purchase of Immune Health Plus or any of their other products. That's Girls Gone Gravel for 15% off of your purchase. And you go to Prevanex.com. You can find that in the show notes. I'm just going to start right off with this. Rachmatulina. We've <laughs> <laughs> been practicing how to say our guest's last name. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I, love I actually it. gave up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine wasn't even in the running for this one. She handed it off to me immediately. So um, anyway, we have Kat- Katya Rachmatulina joining Parker. us today. There we go. See, yeah. not that hard. <laughs> okay. We usually start with how did you get into cycling? But I feel like exactly. we have to know the origins of your last name first. <laughs> I was born in the depths of Siberia. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was cool. like, I think it's Russian. It is. Yeah. Well, and you had said when you were updating your computer, you're like, well, I haven't turned my computer on since I got back from Europe. So do you, is Russia still your primary home or do you live in the U.S. or where? Uh, Where's I, live you US. I do live in Oakland, California. Uh, Europe was just a random trip. It's actually pretty hard to go back to Russia outside of the war, yeah. but like right now it's really hard to go back. That's what I heard. So I was like, well, maybe she bikes her way in and out. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a route I could smuggle myself in. Yeah, I know like lots of people I've talked to are like, you know, you can't really get through Russia right now. So anyway, uh, well, yeah. So if people don't know you, you have been making quite a name for yourself um, on the uh, bike pack, bike pack touring scene recently. You got very close to Lale on the Tour Divide and had a lot of mechanicals. And then you just uh, went on the Colorado Trail, the Women's Colorado Trail. And did you set the record? I did. Well. did you set the record yeah yes which is a very challenging ride from what I hear so um yeah we always like to start just getting to know how the heck did you get on bikes how did this happen um I've been riding bikes for a long time now I just feel like I started racing recently but I feel like um I mean like I'm not too surprised because I do ride bikes a lot just not competitively until like the last year uh but I got into bikes as most people probably do for road cycling first um and um I don't know like seven or eight years ago I broke my leg running and like uh my friend gave me her small Walmart bike uh, mountain bike that didn't fit me I remember loading it with my hiking pack and biking, uh, biking away camping. And I was so blown away that I could bike 60 miles round trip in the setup with like a semi broken leg, like I couldn't run. And so that just kind of gave me like a sense of like empowerment. And I like fell in love with bikes Uh, the same summer. I bought my first like real bicycle. And then next summer after I graduated from undergrad, I biked to California, um, on that bike. And then slowly over time, I got a little more into mountain biking, partially because of just cars, I guess, um, more and more cars and roads. Um, I've done a lot of randonneuring. I think that's my like first introduction into really long um, and like kind of hard bike rides. And I'm not sure if many people know about randonneuring, but it's uh, it's originated in France and it's the style where people have kind of like old looking bikes with dynamo lights and usually their rides that are like 100k, 200k, 300k, 400, 600 and the biggest ride that they do is 1200k and it's every four years and it just happened like uh, last week and it's called Paris Brass Paris and you have a little history uh, but they're really like kind of gnarly people who are very chill um, so I remember on my, um, I don't know what birthday, but I saw that they have on a schedule a 600K um, event with 30,000 feet of climbing. So that's roughly 380 miles, <laughs> quite a lot. 
And I was like, wouldn't it be good if I, you know, give myself the presence of doing that ride on my birthday? That's probably the longest ride I've done continuously. And then, yeah, I got into more mountain biking, um, totally got way better at downhill and like started to love the, like that adrenaline rush of it. And then over time, done some like bike pack tours, um, like Tahoe, around Tahoe was one of them. And then uh, I think I've tried my first race was Arizona Trail 800 three years ago, and I miserably failed at it. I think uh, I quit at the 300 and was broken for months after. <laughs> Uh, and then just did a little more and got better at each one. What brought brought you back after you failed at the Arizona Trail? <laughs> I mean, I knew I wasn't a bad biker. I just knew I made yeah. mistakes like my saddle. I changed it last minute. I put grips that I never used last minute. Like my leg was broken and it like I broke my leg again. <laughs> it was like semi broken still. <laughs> be a pattern uh, with you. <laughs> what seems to be a pattern. <laughs> yeah, I have a. Uh, metal rods in both my legs um oh well at least two match now <laughs> yeah they're strong um and so like yeah I continued liking to bike and then I knew that like if I try again I'd learn from my mistakes and it's just fun it's fun to see how far your body can go that's probably my motivating factor once you do your first 100 miles what's next <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh where you said you biked from college to California how far were you? Uh, where did you go to college Oh yeah, I um, when I moved from Russia to U.S. with my parents, uh, we lived in uh, Michigan. So I went to undergrad in University of Michigan. They're still there, but um, for grad school, I went to um, California, and that was kind of my well. For a summer, I could just not work and bike, and that was kind of what I did. Oh, so that's yeah, you know, like a you bike from Arizona to California is one thing, but Michigan to California is a nice little yeah. ways. <laughs> Yeah, uh, me and my friend who she was starting grad school in UCLA. So I biked with her to UCLA and we spent like maybe two years or sorry, two years, two months, <laughs> two years would be too much. Um, so it's kind of a long time. And then I biked solo along the coast uh, for like another week or so. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good way to move. And I've never, ever been west of um, uh, Colorado before. So it's kind of like a crazy trip because... I haven't seen the landscape ever just on the wind moved. Did you do that all on pavement then? Uh, or did you do some on gravel or what say, was the approach? Yeah, I'd say 90% uh, pavement, 10% gravel. Mostly gravel just to avoid like scary roads. I, I did have a really crazy wipeout on gravel though during the tour. Um, they freshly, they like paved, not sorry, paved. They uh, laid fresh gravel. So it was like pretty loose and it was pretty steep. And my approach was like, well, if I go fast, maybe I'm not going to fishtail. And then I fishtailed so hard and like felt probably at 20 miles per hour. And uh, I to my shoulder where for the rest of the ride, I couldn't lift my arm. Um, <laughs> but I didn't have insurance at the time because, you know, poor grads or poor undergrad students had to go to the doctor. <laughs> Say because you live in America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For reasons. <laughs> um, so it was kind of scary, but if my arm or my shoulder healed eventually. <laughs> yeah. What did you go to grad school for? I went to grad school for civil engineering. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I meant to only go for one year. Um, and then my one of the professors I liked a lot, um, I approached her. I was like, oh, like, can I do a PhD? And she's like, you like hiking, right? And I was like, sure. And uh, so she gave me this project, essentially, where I had to, like, uh, a lot of my work has been in Yosemite and sequent uh, Kings Canyon. So you like snow camp, you hike a lot. So more endurance things, just on feet. 
Well, okay. I need to understand this degree more. <laughs> what do you actually, so do you work in that field now or do you, are, are you full-time? I went a little more into software now, but I still like my previous job, I got hired to do more or less sciencey things. But what I studied was interaction of wildfire, hydrology, climate change and vegetation. So kind of like big picture. Uh, And so the job that I was doing until recently was like modeling disasters, like wildfires, flooding, like even traffic too. like if you're trying to evacuate everyone. So adjacent to what I studied. So you must have a really interesting perspective in doing these long distance rides, right? Because wildfires have been such a uh, yeah. factor in the last few years and, and all of those. I've been lucky, actually. This um, this bike season, there's pretty much not a single... Well, there's one fire in Tour Divide, but it was tiny. Uh, so there's maybe less than a day worth of smoke on Colorado Trail and Tour Divide. And last year in Colorado Trail, it was raining so much that there was also no fires. So I've uh, scraped by about it <laughs> do you have like a plan in the back of your mind though like what you're gonna do <laughs> I don't know yeah I mean I'd probably just by then I'd, I'd assume it'd be like signs where to go and what to do but if there's a fire that just started I'd probably just ignore it <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's good to know <laughs> yeah I mean they're, they're like there's certain topography right like fire likes to travel uphill and uh maybe that pay attention to that but i think the chances that the fire just started and set it in your direction is probably pretty small yeah yeah that heavy i was in uh, canada last month for a trail running trip and um ironically a fire started at the trailhead we were supposed to oh. run at like oh. the day the afternoon before we were supposed to do it and then it closed the road that took you to the, the one road that took you to the airport <laughs> So it was interesting, like seeing when you're that rural and like when there's one road in and out of a place, what, what, what happens when fires hit. Right. Cause like, I've always lived in cities or places where there's lots of routes to get in and out of something. So. Well, actually for my job, I did do like part of a traffic simulation was kind of that as like, if you do need to evacuate, uh, like some zones, like. And this is your egress point, like the one road, like what would happen? Um, well, I guess in that case, everyone gets stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the option is not one. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had, if they, if something like they usually try to only close this one highway as little time as they have to, right? So the fire jumps the highway and then they can open it again. So typically they said it happens for the longest is maybe three days but they can get fair they can ferry to victoria right. if they have to so there is another route out it just would be challenging actually i did lie a little bit so i didn't experience fire but on this colorado's trail there's a tiny fire that started in waterton canyon which is the end of colorado trail and uh, they like cl- like they fenced in the entrance to the canyon but all the people who were finishing including hikers just got stuck on the other side oh, <laughs> wow yeah. Again, they were not in danger. I think the whoever's in charge of the area was trying to prevent people from like entering their area, but yeah, couldn't exit. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing I learned from this trip is they have to be really cautious with backcountry things when fires happen because the last thing you want when you're fighting a fire is rescuing tourists as well from the backcountry. <laughs> Add another layer. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. So, so you you indicate oh sorry Catherine nope I just was gonna say you you'd indicated you've been riding your bike for a long time and that you just kind of recently started racing um what was the shift for you like what inspired you to kind of approach it differently 
Oh, uh, like to start racing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't like Brandon Nuring, while it's not racing, it is kind of racing. Like you still want to do well. So it's just day day races versus longer ones. And um, I'm, I don't have like a, yeah, I don't have any fast twitch muscles at all. Some all endurance. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's more of like, okay, well, once I didn't sleep for a whole day and like one of the red nearing rides, like, like how much further, like what's the next thing? Mm. Um, so it's kind of natural. And then I started dating my partner who done tour divide roughly around when we met. So maybe a little bit of an influence of like dating someone who, who's doing uh ultras uh, on bikes uh, yeah just trying something else but it was definitely along the lines of like what uh i'm good at and i knew that at the time just endurance yeah the lack of fast twitch muscles i can totally relate to that really <laughs> <laughs> cannot sprint <laughs> so was this the first year you did tour divide yeah mm-hmm um and the idea was that it's like oh, okay like uh i have a little bit of a transition with my job uh i had enough pto where like i kind of convinced my boss who's like totally supportive of biking to let me go do it and before actually tour divide i did do another race and then bike to the start of tour divide so it was a really long time like it was two months that it was gone uh so i was like okay well I, once in a lifetime opportunity to do this because like work-wise life-wise i'm not getting i guess younger so and i feel good uh and then <laughs> I don't know if I should have done well or not because now it feels like I have to like do it again or like I've been expected to do it more than once in a lifetime. Right? (laughs) That's the curse of it. Is you're like, oh well, now I'm gonna go. Catherine has you going for a while. Like she's like she's coming after Lael. She's gonna. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had no expectations. Like I, I kind of know uh, what I can do, but my I think my goal was 18 days, but really it was 20 days. Like 18 was more of like I, I know some people who had 18 days that like I've biked with. So like I was trying to compare myself. It's like, well, if so and so can do it, then like I should be able to. Um. So I mean, I kind of surprised myself. Yeah. Well, and I will say I was not the first person. I was. I kept. I got really obsessed over the Tour Divide, and there was a guy out of Europe that was kind of doing updates every day, and he was saying that you were coming for Lail. But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she actually like because Lail's just been so dominant for so long. Not that Lail, you know, like, and we are friends with Lail and love her. Um, so it is kind of fun to see another woman kind of rising up and challenging her, and uh, you know, I'm I'm here for the dot watching entertainment. Yeah, yeah, I do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that is fun when you're just watching one female dot because <laughs> yeah. uh, you got pretty close at some points, like you were within a couple of hours. Yeah, um, I mean, she didn't feel too well. Um, so I guess a little different. But I a lot of people were telling me like, oh, Lael's super close. I was like, that's cool. I'm writing my own ride. Like, that's insane. yeah, I was. A, yeah, yeah I, not, I get that. I kinda... But it's more fun as a spectator when there's like yep. some drama, yep. you know, yep. <laughs> you're there for your own ride. But it's like fun to watch when you're like, oh my gosh this person's getting like within a couple of hours and (laughs) you know like it's the mystery of what happened because now the dots have all stopped is everybody sleeping is you know so I do love dot watching because like you kind of have to like create your own stories of what's happening yeah that's the best part yeah literally like I literally will create something and I'll say something to my husband when he gets home and he's like well did you talk to her no (laughs) no, that's what she's doing (laughs) I'm just sure that's what it is (laughs) yeah it like this guy that I watched I know this is really nerdy, but then I went straight into the Twitter friends them. So, uh, but he would like kind of collect everybody's Instagram stories every day. Oh, so he really was gosh, curating right? all the content he could find out there. So I was like, good for you putting this, all this work in. 
it and he was in Europe, so it would be on like he would have it done when I woke up in the morning. So I could just like drink my cup of coffee and kind of wake up as I was like getting the updates. So yeah. Uh yeah, I, I watched some of the videos as a recap. It was like kind of fun to like be done with the race and like go see what people were saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, this year was known for some epic conditions along the route. So I'd love for you to just kind of give us your obviously it was 16 days. Is that no, it was a little over uh 17 days. Honestly, I don't even know, like eight hours yeah. or something. Especially because I chose yeah. to sleep. <laughs> well, I don't expect you to talk us through 17 days. <laughs> but maybe kind of like what were some of the segments and some of the because I know everybody hit really, really bad weather in that mm-hmm. first um big chunk. And then it was like, okay, we've finally gotten past some of this and then it was like winds. And so yeah, I would love for you maybe to however it makes sense for you to talk us through what it, what the conditions were like out there and, yeah. and some of the things that you encountered because I know you were hitting some I think you were hitting some mechanicals and things yep, based yep. on what I was getting from my yep. video updates <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so the I when I biked to the start of Tour Divide it was like super sunny and beautiful and of course day one of Tour Divide it's like pouring rain by the end I got I did get to Fernie and I was just like covered in mud so I was like great but one of the decisions I made this year is to just like bring kind of too much warm stuff because on Colorado Trail last year I almost quit because I was just miserably like I thought I was going to be like hyperthermic so anyways so I had my 10 degree quilt had my like puffy jacket so I felt okay but yes like super mud covered um so it was a fun start uh and then Montana in general kind of had weird weather there's some good days some bad days Montana just like categorized like bear avoidance that was more more than weather what was going through my head um I think the weather was like pretty sporadic so like some riders would get like hail um but some would avoid but yeah like on and off rain I remember um well that was not Montana uh where's Pinedale yeah right before Pinedale Union Pass uh it's snowed on Wyoming Wyoming okay yeah in Wyoming uh over Union Pass is probably the most like funny thing like funny weather it's just like kind of comical as um my partner did tell me that there's like the most beautiful campsite um, ever. And then I get there and it's just like super foggy about to snow. I like can't see anything. I was like, what is this? I'm happy to like try to get there. Um, and then there's the, str- the only like peanut butter mud that I got was there. And I'm like running kind of laughing. Cause just like ridiculous. Like my shoes are being sucked out from my feet from by the mud. And I found Kyle Peterson who I've been like kind of writing with. And like, he's just kind of mad. And I like, remember just laughing at it all. And then I washed my bike in the river down um, after like we hit the pavement section. Uh, and then up Union Pass, it started snowing and my downhill was just like um, fishtailing down on the, like a snowy path that was just slushy. Um, That's probably like the worst weather, but I was used to it. Uh, I did lose my pants on day one, like warm pants. So I only had chamois and rain pants. That's pretty fun. You, you lost like, like I just you forgot place them, them? <laughs> or you well, just like, got rid of them a, I shared a room with another writer in Fernie and then I didn't want to wake him up because I was leaving earlier so I think I just like left them somewhere because it was dark like I, I was like I, had, I was like, I know, I was like one lose their they... pants on the tour uh-huh. tonight <laughs> I was wearing another pair of pants and I was trying to pack it in <laughs> um that so makes more sense yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so... it does. I had lots of like 
they're in a tree somewhere. <laughs> no, somewhere in a hotel room. Uh, so the cold sections were funny because I had a lot of like warm top layers, but like only rain pants for my knees. Uh, it's okay. Um, so yeah, so weather was only really bad there. And then once after Pinedale, it's kind of the basin area. And I remember like scheming for the, uh, the basin because uh so friday i remember it was a friday it was still going to be muddy and so i think that that's when the leaders got kind of stuck and there's the you know like uh, peanut butter mud that like doesn't let you go fast by saturday it dried up and on saturday you had tailwinds and then on sunday it's supposed to be like horrific headwinds and so i did hit it perfectly where i won saturday and more or less I like had tailwinds not always but um it was like a sunny day and it was beautiful and I think basin actually is my favorite part I know like I know Safian like hates it I remember watching like his videos last year and he was like I hate the basin and I was like I love the basin um there's just really cool views um and then the rest of the trip I just categorized so Colorado and New Mexico as really kind of hot and headwindy so mm. we got zero rain so no no bad uh mud but like it was so hard to move forward just because the wind was just like relentless like you can't hear anything uh your ears are just like buzzing with wind uh, obviously you can't move as fast um and then the end uh I think it was like 113 degrees on my day so like that 65 mile stretch to the border um I was just like pouring water on myself and it would evaporate also had headwinds I like almost chucked my bike at the end I was like I'm so close but I'm 10 miles out I'm like I'm just ready to quit like I just don't <laughs> want to do the 10 miles and some other riders Cyrus um his bike tire got a bubble in it from how hot it was like the pavement just like made it bubble up um so that was kind of crazy um so yeah mostly hot headwindy uh like this my recent memory yeah, that's more or less the summary of the weather or like conditions, I guess. <laughs> if you're looking for a bag to power your epic adventures, look no further than women-led brand Fierce Hazel. I love their bags and that they are all functional, which means they're lightweight, durable, and rainproof, which is very important. They are sustainable, all are made of upcycled or recycled or responsibly sourced materials, and they're made in California with unique designs. Some of the bags that I'm loving are their handlebar and saddle bags from their True Grit line that make it easy to carry everything and they're very lightweight, uh, and their Echelon pouches. I have had so many Ziploc bags shoved into things everywhere, and these pouches just make it really easy to carry everything um, in one seamless pouch. You can go over to fiercehazel.com slash discount slash girls gone gravel and use the code girls gone gravel to get 30% off your purchase at checkout. And then like, what do you, did you feel like you, did you feel like you learned things about yourself or like what was, were there some personal moments along that, I guess is my question. Um, a bit. So I kind of, before this, uh, tour, I kind of ca would categorize myself as like a blow up, uh, queen of be like blowing up on day two. Uh, and so I think what I've learned is just like how to manage longer rides. Um, and part of it is touring to the start, like really super, super important, uh, because like I get used to the food, I get used to sleeping. I'm like a little tired. So I like, don't like get too excited at the start line and like just go too fast. 
um also taken each day at a time because I had like a habit of like counting down the miles or days till the end before and like you just can't do that um you know if something if the end is two weeks away like it's not going to make you back better if like if that's what you're anticipating so just mostly like being in the moment um and then yeah sleep um I need I probably slept between four and five hours and uh that was pretty important um I felt pretty good if I would get five hours or like I guess a little under is fine too and uh, I'd still be powerful and so skipping and sleep I think makes me slower overall like I can gain an hour or two uh if I just rested do you typically bivy when you sleep or do you seek shelter um I bivy um well on Twitter divide especially I, I bivied a lot so yeah it's bivy blow up pad and a 10 degree quilt I found that the pad takes kind of annoying amount of time to blow up but I because of a quilt I kind of felt like I couldn't do the you know the foam one um and setting up tent and even with Bibby and picking it up uh by tent I mean camp uh, uh it, it takes yeah it takes kind of too long so I need to figure that out and for Colorado Trail I kind of, well, I was way more tired, but I stopped uh, using my pad. Like if I find pine needles, I just like in my shame, was just like literally lay with my quilt uh, for, I don't know, three hours and then get up to just save on time. So I, I might. That sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, when you're tired, it's like, it's so like crazy. Yeah. Just, I need the hotel version of this. <laughs> well, the hotels, you'd think they'd be kind of quick, but you get sucked in and like, oh, well, I should shower because I'm laying on like bed sheets, but you like don't really need to shower. But like, yes, your legs are dusty, but like you tend to like actually really spend too much time in a hotel, like, you know, like talking to the front desk person and like usually you shower, even though yeah. like, I need to like, or wash something that you can just like filth it out, but you choose not to. I would definitely be touring the tour divide. Yeah, I would be like, divide. I'm not racing this <laughs> just taking my time. I'd probably still be out there. It. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, stop some, some town for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it was interesting because, and I do know well, two things that you said. One is the touring to the start. Um, is because I, I followed obviously Ted King. We're also friends with him. And, you know, that's one of the things that he said is even though he had really great bike fitness he needed more and like the people that toured to the start or had been doing touring events mm -hmm. leading up um had a, a big advantage like physically on that um and then the other thing was for a while now who knows how long this would have lasted but he was stopping at hotel I was like Ted is making like the tour divide like <laughs> hotel version for sure mm -hmm. but he was riding faster during the day than anybody else mm -hmm. um on the tour because he was getting good sleep who knows if that would have held up because obviously his body didn't hold up but that was interesting I felt like my uh, average speed was also relatively high and I think it was because I more or less rested maybe on the higher side than most people yeah. or at least yeah. there's a reason that they say that we need sleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, we <laughs> because we do <laughs> I remember someone uh, commenting somewhere I don't remember who but it's like Oh, all those like people who like bike to the start, like they'd be so much like better if they like, just didn't, they'd be like so much more well rested and like perform better. And I was like, that's not true. Maybe like day one, but then you blow up. It's like, I, I would rather like kind of start a little slower in day one. Yeah. Um, it's like, I've already been doing it. And then my body's like already super duper used to it. 
it's a different principle than most of your endurance training, right? Because you go through cycles in endurance training. Like if you're going to do a, like an mm-hmm. unbound, a 200 mile event, or you're going to do an Ironman or something like that, where you do want to come in as rested as possible. Mm-hmm. So like two weeks to 10 days out, depending on what your body needs, you're going to really back off the volume. So I think in endurance training circles, like that makes sense in your mind. But then when you're doing like an event like this, where it's day after day after day, um, and you're not racing those days. Like you're getting plenty of sleep. You're taking your time, you know, you're just like, just like long, slow training. Yeah. And I, I feel like the four shorter things like day or two ones, like I guess the approach is, yeah, you rest a lot, then you like destroy your body doing it. And then you have time to recover. But here, like if you destroy your body, like you still have to write for like days. Yeah. <laughs> still going to be somewhere between 14 and 17 days. So. <laughs> You're not going to make that any shorter. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So were you planning to do the Colorado trail after the tour divide? Uh, kind of. So my previous job was like, you like, we'll let you go do um, the one that cross Washington race and then bike to the start do tour divide. But I was like, what about Colorado trail? Like, can I take a sabbatical? They're like, sorry, no, <laughs> which I understand is already a lot of time, but it was a good transition period anyways. So I kind of told myself like, if knowing, like if nothing happens on tour divide, cause another thing it's like, you know, mechanical could take me out like an injury. So I didn't know how it would go. So I didn't make plans for Colorado trail. It was more like, well, maybe like, maybe if I finish tour divide um, and I don't like hate biking by then, then I'll do Colorado trail. So it lined up that like, um, I like actually did get another job lined up for actually next week. Um, tour divide went well. I didn't hate bike. Like I felt really good after it. Like I almost nice. didn't any recovery. Um, and I, I love mountain biking a little more than I like gravel riding. <laughs> uh, so I was naturally was excited for uh, Colorado trail, although I had my reservations later on too, but, um, so it was more like take one step at a time. Um, yeah, not like planned. Uh, did you do the Washington ride? Was it the one from Olympia to... Uh, Spokane well not Spokane but Tika yeah okay now, there's a one that they just did that started in a uh there's a like a few weeks ago and it's like a new route this was the first year they ran it I think maybe my friend Liz Sampy tried to do it or did do it yeah. um no I did the cross Washington that goes from Olympic Peninsula to uh like around Spokane Spokane yeah Cool. Yeah, no, this one, um, it sounds like it's real gnarly. I uh-huh. messaged okay. Cynthia Frazier and I was like, this has your name written all over it. <laughs> I should try it next year. Yeah. Uh it's it's like uh I think it ends down near Portland. So it's not as long, but it's just got some like funky gnarly sections. I think you go around Rainier a bit. Oh nice. Stuff, so yeah. Yeah, Olympic Peninsula on that route had the probably was the most fun day. There's a lot of single tracks, so kind of doing the single track and the gravel bike. It's kind of yeah, it's beautiful out there. It's like one of my favorite parts of Washington is the peninsula. Yeah. It's hard to get out there. <laughs> it is hard to get out there, but that's one of the things that makes it beautiful once you get out there because it's not, it's pretty remote and it feels pretty isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Colorado, you did Colorado Trail and speaking of, that's another one that's known to be a gnarly ride. <laughs> yep. How was how that race? <laughs> 
Um, it was good. This year, the weather really played along and last year it really didn't. And last year I was like very overconfident when I showed up. I like didn't bring a lot of warm clothing, thinking like it'd be fine. And I pretty much had a mental breakdown and I almost quit and I didn't do it. And then I had injuries. So more like take this, like not a failure by any means, because I still finished in reasonable time, but more just like, oh yeah, the mountains taught me a lesson. And this year I was like definitely a lot more cautious like toured before again like only for four days but like at a high elevation and like pack warm clothing whether I needed it or not just to like make well, like sleeping kit and clothing uh just to make sure if I was getting rained on that'd be okay um and went really smooth like honestly like probably wouldn't change much I did play with sleep uh deprivation and it was kind of a interesting experience because last day well not even last day it was like last almost 50 hours I didn't really sleep um and so, yeah, that like made me feel out of body. Uh, did you hallucinate? I did not hallucinate, but how I describe it is um, once like the darkness especially hit, I started feeling oh. kind of like ego daffy. Like I was like, I don't know who I am. Like I'm here biking, but like me is not me. Um, and then the night was really warm and calm. So it like felt really odd. And the single track section that I was on, even though I have been on it before, like the previous year, I just did not like did not recognize anything. It really felt like I was put on like some other weird planet. And I was just like a game character, like navigating the trails. And also like uh, for bikepacking, somehow I get pretty not fearless, but like I don't think about falling at all and so I kind of ride more reckless than, than I probably should but like in my mind it's like there's no way I'll like crash just there's no way <laughs> um, so it's kind well, of we've heard about the broken leg and the fish chilling down the mountain at 20 miles an hour uh, oh, okay so the, bro- the first broken leg <laughs> don't ride with Katya and she'll be like we're not crashing <laughs> uh broken legs were none of them are from biking uh so yeah oh that's crazy Yep. Um, One was running. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, I mean, I kind of sense a bit of a theme of like, you've learned to make sure you kind of overpack a bit, at least with warm gear. Yeah. Uh, to me, like one of the lessons is like a peace of mind makes you faster, even though you're like maybe a tiny bit heavier. Yeah. Yeah. I would want to know that I, well, I, first of all, I just hate being cold. So like, I would want to know that I'd have a backup plan if it's, if it's getting cold to, yeah, to get through it or be, I mean, even to be able to sleep, like that would, that would definitely deter my sleep if I was freezing cold and couldn't get warm. So. Well, 10 degree quilts, you know, they kind of warm, they work no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, So is this, you have a new job that you're starting, but is if opportunities started coming your way, right? Because it seems like for women that are in bike packing, there is potentially some career opportunities or sponsorship opportunities. Would you be like, yeah, this is something I pursue for a while. Or you're like, no, this is like something I do for fun in my off time. And yeah, I think, I mean, I have to think about the actual sponsorships, but generally, yeah, I think my job is going to be my main job and this is, is probably not going to become my job. Um, I feel like I might, yeah. Uh, so more on the fun side, it would be nice to yeah. every time I show up to a start line, I don't have to drop a lot, a lot of money, especially for bikes. Like that certainly help. Uh, but 
yeah it's, it's still hopefully just for fun but it's a weird world now where i like kind of have to think about it where I never thought i would have had to um, well it's one is not mutually exclusive of the yeah. other for women for sure yeah. like even a lot of the women that we know that race bikes at a super high level often are working sometimes two and three jobs on the side yeah luckily my new the new company i'll be working at well they're finished i think the finnish like work culture is kind of like takes different off. oh you'll have Quite more vacation <laughs> yeah. and then um one of the women who seems very awesome there and um i don't know if she'll necessarily be my like supervisor but she used to race bikes downhill so um i think she kind of gets it oh cool. yeah well, uh, just if anybody's listening, Katya could use some sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> send her, send her a message, slide in her DMs. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Um, everyone's like, well, especially after Twitter, I was like, oh, like everyone will like throw sponsorships at you. I'm like, ah, nothing. Fine <laughs> <laughs> again, like. It's <laughs> yeah, it, I think the bike packing world is definitely a little more behind the uh, rest of the cycling world but you know i think there's going to be continuing to be opportunities more people want to get out and venture and explore and especially as, if people i mean that's one of the re- reasons lael has done so worldwide because she's she and rue combined are really good storytellers mm-hmm. around it so they inspire a lot of people to yeah. be involved I'm really bad. The other day, I was like, I looked for my Instagram. I was like, eh, I'm not trying to become an influencer, but the last time I posted something was with like one word caption like two years ago. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should something. Maybe a little step up in the game there. Yeah. Take a step toward that. <laughs> if you want. If you want. Like, yeah. I'm serious. Like, that's, yeah. If you're doing this for fun and you're enjoying it, then that's what you should be doing. But yep. yeah. I'm a bad writer. Or I'm not a bad writer, but it's like, pulling teeth for me to write like there's a reason I'm an engineer because like I just <laughs> I'm not a storyteller yeah I could, but I don't want to <laughs> yeah well people really like to follow this stuff like mm-hmm. in videos and stories in real time I post a lot of stories <laughs> yeah that works that's always good yeah. yeah actually tour divides have changed me that way um I don't like it as most people don't like to hear their voice or like see themselves. Um, so I'd never ever posted anything where I like, was like videotaping myself speaking, but because it's uh, so hard to type, I-, I started just like taking video updates and like posting them. Um, and then I remember like sending voice memos to Alexander quite a lot too, as opposed to like sending messages. So I got very used to like myself talking and like seeing myself talk. Cause before it would have definitely been like, Oh, do not want to see that. <laughs> podcast for a couple of years you'll get over it yeah you get over it <laughs> especially now and then when i'll just pull a video clip of christy oh, i'm always doing this <laughs> anyway yeah well do you have any other uh thing upcoming adventures on your radar or things that you're like this is a bucket list thing i really want to do so I definitely plan on doing the Arizona Trail 800, which is the completion of a bike back and triple crown. Uh, and I think a lot of, uh, well, it's cool because until this year, there's only two women who's ever done it. And now there's like four or five of us who are going for it. Uh, so that's awesome. In one year. Um, yeah, so that one's going to happen. I'm a little afraid of it because the desert is a mean place. And... That's probably it for this year. I have like small things, like local things, um, like day rides, which will be exciting. Maybe I'll do a few more randomering rides. 
but that's like in terms of a race that'll be the big one to end the year and then I was thinking for next year um I do want to do some small things depending on schedule especially with my work I kind of like the 300 mile 250 oh, we know one you could do <laughs> <laughs> it's in Kansas how do you feel about yeah, Kansas? do the XL oh Kansas is kind of far <laughs> but there's so many there's the key night just ride your bike there it's fine yeah. It's fine, definitely fine. I'll, I can work um, from my paneer. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so like maybe Kenai two fifty because I have a few Alaska friends now, and then the Olympic one that you just mentioned. There's a few in Olympia. Um, uh, maybe it's not the one that you mentioned, but uh, I, again, the one that I don't know. There, there's one there. I can look it up. There's one in Bend. Um, so yeah, there's a few like kind of small ones. It's just a matter of like getting there, and because I work remotely, I could just you know, work from wherever, do the ride, take one day off and keep working, <laughs> work, 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 work. Um, and then I do want to do the Silk Road um, because mm. I partially, uh, well, I mean, I do speak Russian, so I feel like it'd be kind of fun to go there because pretty much a lot of people do speak Russian there and like the food, it would be easier. So I feel like it's kind of like a weird, funny advantage. So I do want to try it. That'd be uh, awesome. Yeah. And my favorite bikepacking race um, ever is Bones to Blue. And it's kind of local. It's in Tahoe. Uh, and I did it last year and I did set enough KT. And then Corey, shout out from Alaska, beat me by day or day, sorry, hour. I'm really bad with units. And so I got to go try again because I think I'm faster, but it's also just. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Well, cool. Oh, okay. I can't find it on social right now, but I'm going to find the one that's, that I'm talking about and I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to you on Instagram um, because I was like, oh, this, it just looks like a really rad group of people that we're kind of putting it on too. So I'm in Tacoma, so it's not that far from Olympia. So if you can oh. do it, I'll come, I'll come true for you at the start. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, very cool. Well, uh, where can people find you if they want to follow you or follow along with your adventures? Uh, I do post quite a lot. Well, at least stories wise on Instagram and it would be uh cat two underscores yeah so k-a-t two underscores y-e-a guys be thankful you don't have to spell our last name yeah <laughs> even my first official uh first name either because that's also <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's true although that's one that one's easier for yeah. um, so um anyway well thanks so much for taking time to chat with us today and uh hopping on so quickly it's really been fun to get to know you a little bit yeah, uh, thank sure. you for having me. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.